Welcome to Dairy Stream, brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, sister organizations that fight for sensible dairy policy in Wisconsin and Washington, D.C. Dairy Stream focuses on issues affecting the dairy community and our customers. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Austin. Well, today on our Dairy Stream, we're going to be focusing in on heat stress, really two focal points. One is combating heat stress, and the other is preventing income loss. And to discuss this subject, we have Tim Thompson with us. He's the Senior Dairy Specialist for Provini. And Tim, we really appreciate you being here. And during the first half of our podcast, we really want to share just some tips for combating heat stress in cows. And I want to start out, obviously, with temperature, because that has an impact. But let's talk about the entire impact of temperature, and that would be the temperature humidity index. So what is the range that a farmer and their team really needs to look at when we're talking about how it's going to affect uh, the heat stress on a cow and how they can avoid that? So, Mike, really when we look at this with dairy cattle, especially lactating dairy cattle, they're most comfortable with a THI of around 40 degrees. You and I are very comfortable around 70, 72 degrees. So when we start looking at these cows, they start to become very uncomfortable and heat stress starts about 65. They used to say 68 THI, but we really, you know, these higher producing cows, it's probably close to 65. And and with some of these really high producing herds, you couldn't even push that down to 60 degrees uh, for a THI. Really? So when we look at these cows metabolically, they are eating a lot of forage, producing a lot of heat. That rumen is like a huge furnace. So she really starts to get heat stress and feel the heat stress. So it can be a, it can be a much lower temperature than you and I would think. Now, before we go any further, Tim, and I know there's a lot of producers that are listening to our Dairy Stream podcast today, uh, you know, they realize that over the last couple of decades, they've had a bigger focus on animal welfare, and there certainly has been more emphasis and more education on cow comfort, which in a way, I think has helped in addressing heat stress, but we still want to address some of the basics and some of the things you really have to understand. So now that you've kind of explained to us the temperature humidity index and those figures, uh, let's kind of move on and talk about what seems to be one of the most obvious elements that a producer should be focused on, and that is air movement. And on that topic, what suggestions do you have for proper air movement and fan placement along with any additional movement items? So typically with air movement, and that's one of the things when we talk about this, you know, let's just say the 65 uh, THI, if we don't have air movement and when you get in between cows in the stalls, when these cows are laying in the stalls, that temperature can go up. If we don't have adequate air movement, it can go up 10, 15 degrees in temperature. So it can get extremely hot in between these cows. So what we want to have is we want to have air moving over the top of these cows. So we're, we're replacing that stale air, hot air. And, you know, when you have these cows facing, especially these cows in head-to-heads, they're facing each other. They're breathing out this hot air. We want to get that air removed and, and, and taken out of the way. So we want to have, ideally, a nice four to six mile an hour breeze going through our cows to remove that hot air and replace it with fresher air. Air movement is, is huge, and, and we have a lot of different ways we'll see air movement. We have a lot of different uh, barns out there. We have cross-ventilated barns. We have tunnel-ventilated barns. These tend, and that's one of the things we strive for in these types of barns, is to be moving that, that air over these cows or between these cows around four to six miles an hour or more and to, to keep that fresh air coming through there. Now, when we look at some of our conventional freestall barns with natural ventilation, we are going to probably have fans over the top of the cows, and them are going to be the ones that are aiding in this air movement. 
typically we, again we can use our we can use our fan meters you know there's a lot of different things that were thrown out there as far as size of fans and how many how far in between the old rule of thumb used to be for every one foot of fan you could a diameter you could go four feet between fans so for instance a four foot fan you could go 40 feet and that's fine under cooler temperatures, but as the humidity and heat rises, you got to take that down to about almost 75%. So we really need to move that fan fans a lot closer and um, and keep them closer to achieve that four to six mile an hour wind. That's an excellent uh, explanation because a lot of people say, well, I got the fans. I should be able to get the good airflow. But as you said, the distance between those fans can make a big difference. And as long as we're talking about that from your perspective, and we are talking with Tim Thompson, the senior dairy specialist for Provimi, uh, have you seen or are there any challenges a farmer should be aware of when it comes to air movement that actually could cause illness in cows? One of the big things that we that we mistake sometimes, and, and uh, especially when we're blowing this air over these cows, depending on the bedding source, we can have some fine, uh, like some of these manure solids and things like that. we got to be careful on the place with the fans so they're not blowing directly down and blowing our bedding all over the place. So we need to, the, the cow needs to breathe fresh air, and we need to keep that uh, all the particles out of the animal's nose so she ain't breathing them in, and also out of her eyes. So hopefully we have those fans adjusted correctly so it's blowing air over the cows, not down into the cows. So that's a big, that is a big uh, player, too. And then also, when we do get, uh, you know, we want to avoid big temperature swings in the barn. So that's one of the things in the spring and fall can be a little critical. You know, there's certain times we've got to have those fans going to keep it cool. But at night, if the cool temperatures get too cool, we don't want a big temperature swing because that can start to bring on some pneumonia as well as blowing these particulates into the air, too, for the cows to breathe and, and bothering their lungs. So some of the, some of the big things we want to watch when we're, when we're putting our fans and how we're placing our fans. What we're focusing in on in today's dairy stream again is tips for combating heat stress in cows. A little bit later on, I'm going to talk about preventing income loss when it comes to heat stress. I think... Just about all of you that are listening realize that an obvious way to combat heat stress is, you know, hydration for cows. And farmers really know how critical it is to have access to fresh, clean water. But, Tim, I also want to talk about sprinkler systems. We're seeing more of those in our operations today. What about a sprinkler system, in your opinion? When should they be used and how? So sprinkler systems, you know, we, for years we thought you know, air movement was going to be good enough, but we found that air movement alone just doesn't do, the, doesn't do the complete job, and we do need to incorporate sprinklers. And when we put these sprinklers, um, typically they're going to be located uh, two areas, located over the feed area, and uh, so when the cows come up to feed, they're going to get sprinkled on their back. We want to keep that low enough so we're putting direct uh, water directly on top of the room, and we don't want that water to be running back there and running off her back and coming down the udder and taking a lot of the, the dirt and stuff off the hide and bringing it across the teeth of the udder. We don't want to accomplish that. We want to get that water sprayed right over the withers, right over the top of the rumen where the, all the heat is produced. And that's how we're going to pull that heat off that cow. We're going to get her, we're going to soak her down. She's going to get wet, and then she's going to go under them fans in the stalls. And when she lays down, that fan's going to evaporate that water off, and that is going to cool that cow down. That's how we're going to pull the heat out of them cows. The other place we're going to put water on these animals in the holding area. When you go into the holding area, it's a um, the holding area is a very very hot experience. I was listening to a uh, speaker from Elanco many many years ago, Tom Bailey, talking about. He said, if you want to know what it feels like to be in a holding area for a cow, he says, grab your entire family, go into the closet, everybody take a, a hair dryer and put it on high. 
that's what it feels like sitting in the in the holding area for these cows. So if we can put water in that holding area and sprinkle those cows, soak them down while they're waiting to go into the holding area, that's going to also help pull the heat off them cows as well. Yeah, I remember that statement. I heard him speak a few times as well, and that really does put you in the proper perspective of what those cows are going through. Uh, just one other question, uh, kind of a follow-up on the sprinkler system. Uh, do you recommend putting them on a, a timing system or not? Yes, typically we're going to have them on a timing system, and preferably we'll want to get there's, – there's some of these new timing systems out there. Well, they've been out there for a while where you can adjust that as the temperature goes up. They come on more often, and, and, and maybe if, you know, if they have to, maybe stay on for longer periods of time, and um, you can adjust them accordingly. Uh, so if the, if the sprinklers, like a lot of times the original settings will be, you know, for when we're first starting out, maybe they come on every 15 minutes, they'll come on for three minutes and off for 12. Um, but as the temperature goes up, we might move that down where they're on as much as two minutes. Every five minutes they come on, and they're on for one to two minutes. Depending on the area, depending on... The heat of the barn, there's a lot of things in the configuration of the barn, how many cows you put in it, et cetera, that's going to have an impact on on that. And, Tim, you know, getting back to the fact that, you know, we want to have uh, access to fresh, clean water for our dairy cattle, what would your plan or strategy be there? One of the big things is with, with these dairy cattle, especially under heat stress, they can drink up to 30% of their water and extra water needs on the way back from in the return alley from the parlor. So having additional water space in the return alleys, and this can be nothing more than a um, than a PVC pipe cut in half and with a with a float on the one end, and just having adequate water space for those cows. Typically, we want to have enough room for we want to have two feet for half the parlor. So if we have a double twelve, we want to have 24 feet uh, linear feet of of that pipe there, full of fresh clean water. So when the cows return from the parlor. They can hit that on the way back, and, and as mentioned, they can be drinking up to 30% of their water needs to, at that waterer. And when we look at the, the water needs of these cows under heat stress, they can go up substantially as much as 50% or more. So to have some extra water space is just going to help these cows uh, get the amount of water that they need to, meet the, to help their needs to, uh, to try to keep them cool. Dealing with heat stress, our guest today is Tim Thompson, Senior Dairy Specialist for Provimi, and certainly he's been giving us some good tips, many that maybe you just kind of refresher, uh, reinforcing what you already are doing or already have heard about. But this is an interesting tip that we want to take before we have our break here on Dairy Stream. And Tim, that is how I was reading uh, the Provimi Feeding and Management Strategy for Heat Stress kind of pamphlet you have. And I was a little bit surprised that it stated that during hot temperatures, cows may consume as much as two two-thirds of their diet during the cooler nighttime temperatures. Uh, so knowing that information, then what tips do you have for nighttime feeding and what rations kind of change during heat stress? During heat stress, I mean, that's one of the big things is during the day, if we just feed all our feed in the morning and if them cows, especially when they start to get this, this heat goes on, cows naturally want to eat in the late afternoon anyway. Typically in the late afternoon, that's when cows are kind of set up to do a major part of their eating in the first place. And now when the heat comes in, they really don't want to do a lot of eating during the day. So if we put feed down, all our feed down first thing in the morning, expose that feed to oxygen in the, through the TMR, we're going to start them yeasts and molds growing back up, start taking off again. The yeast come alive when the oxygen comes in. They start consuming all the lactic acid, bring the pH up, and they make our feed very unstable. And so by the time the cow really does a major part of their eating later in the day, 
especially under under heat stress, they're not going to eat till later on at night. And now that heat is that feed is going to be actually kind of spoiled. So our best bet would be is to if we can take our feeding tonight, we can keep uh, when them cows are going to come in and eat a lot of fresh feed. Fresh feed is when they're going to be eating their biggest meals a day. We're going to get that fresh feed into them. We're not going to have that heating occur. So we're going to get better feed delivered to our animals. Yeah, that sounds very logical. And again, a good piece of advice as all of the uh, tips that have been shared so far by Tim Thompson have been. Tim, again, is the senior dairy specialist for Provimi. He'll be joining me in the second part of our dairy stream in which we're going to talk about preventing income loss. And really, do you have a heat stress program to prevent income loss on your dairy operation? We'll get more into that right here on Dairy Stream. And we'll be right back with our Dairy Stream podcast after we hear from our sponsor. Did you know heat stress creates losses in animal productivity, which has been shown to cost the United States beef and dairy industries an estimated $1.2 billion every year? The elements of Promote Ice Plus work at a cellular level to help cattle better regulate their body temperature during heat stress so that your herd maintains performance and components that help keep you profitable through the summer months. Talk to your local feed supplier about incorporating Promote Ice Plus today. Well, I'm Mike Austin. Today, our guest is Tim Thompson, Senior Dairy Specialist for ProMimi, and you're listening to Dairy Stream, which is brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. And today's focus, well, we're stressing heat stress. And what we talked about in the first part of our podcast was combating heat stress. And now we want to talk a little bit more about preventing income loss, another very important aspect of the whole heat stress issue. And here in the Midwest, I think everybody understands we can experience hot temperatures from, oh, what, mid to end June, all the way into late September or early October. And that means cows can be susceptible to heat stress by at least 75 days or even more. So, Tim, I want to ask you, what type of items should be in a farmer's heat stress program if they want to prevent income loss? So one of the things that we want to do with these with these cows is we, we want to make sure they're we're giving their body everything to work with to help fight off heat stress. As we mentioned earlier, you know they're most comfortable around 40 at 40 thi, and we start talking about summer heat stress and we start getting up in some of these pretty hot temperatures. These cows can suffer a lot of uh, a lot of stress, and so we want to. Uh, try to help their bodies out with as much as possible. There's a, there's a number of things we can do nutritionally. One of the natural occurrences in the cow is for her to direct blood flow to the skin. So in, when the cows do this, they direct that blood flow to the skin. What happens is that takes heat from the inner core of the body to the outer core and it can, and it can release. One of the group of uh, nutrients we can add to the diet are vas- called vasodilators. These assist in that, and these will help push that along. So that's one thing that's, that's a good thing to uh, make up part of your uh, heat stress program. One of the things we do have to be a little careful with, especially in dairy cattle, is if we just rely totally on vasodilators and we push that too much, there, there has been some research that there is a possibility that might lead to leaky gut. Mm-hmm. So there are, some things, there are some things that we can do that are called osmolites, and then we can also add to the diet. And these are osmolites. What osmolites do is help keep the cell hydrated at the cellular level. This is, uh, these are organic compounds that are going to um, keep that animal hydrated, and that really helps prevent leaky gut. So that's another additional thing that we could do to really add to our toolbox, if you will, to help these cows perform. 
Another thing is electrolytes. You and I drink electrolytes. Um, electrolytes, so the osmolites and vasodilators, these are typically organic compounds. We kind of want to feed them on a routine basis. We want to feed them all the time as we get into these cows because they got to be present, and these got to be present kind of at the cellular level to really do a good job. So they kind of got to go in the ration and stay in the ration until the heat stress subsides. Electrolytes, on the other hand, are minerals. These electrolytes, they don't necessarily have to be fed all the time. Them can go in and out of the diet as the heat subsides. Sometimes, many times during the summertime, we might have a heat spell come in, and then we might have a stretch of days that's not quite so hot. So if we could pull those electrolytes out of the ration because they're not needed on those days, that can be some money savings there. So So there is some potential for some benefits there. But electrolytes help get that water that we're trying to get those cows to drink, get that water across the intestinal tract and into the body. So there are three different uh, things that we want to be looking at. Tim Thompson's our guest, senior dairy specialist for Provimi, as we are talking about heat stress, in particular during this segment of Dairy Stream, preventing income loss. And on that topic, you always kind of look at your feed rations and how you can maybe save some dollars there. So, Tim, if you can, you know, where really can a farmer adjust their ratios so they can still combat heat stress, but also prevent income loss? Well, and that's where they're making these ration adjustments. Um, that's that's what's going to give us the biggest impact for preventing that income loss. This heat stress, when we look at the, the whole livestock industry, heat stress, I don't have the exact numbers at the top of my head here, but heat stress uh, is cost the, the livestock industry literally billions of dollars from a standpoint of poor production, poor reproduction. Um, we've, uh, we've had cases in the past of severe heat stress and under certain conditions that didn't have adequate adequate uh, ability to reduce the heat for heat abatement and i've seen reproduction go to an absolute zero on some on some individual places so it is a huge deal that we want to keep these animals going and um these nutritional things are, are some just some additions to the heat abatement things we talked about before in our barn to try to keep these cows cool as you said, maybe you don't have exact figures of that, but do you have any maybe percentage or maybe you do have some dollars and cents savings that a farmer can see if they do implement a heat stress program? Well, implementing a heat stress program, if, we, if I have two farms, let's say, side by side, that, that one has a very good heat implement, uh, heat abatement program and from both uh, heat abatement on the farm plus nutritionally, they're, they're making those adjustments to the rations. And then compared to a farmer that really does, does nothing different during heat, we've, we'll see as much as 50% less milk loss um, on the hottest days. And a lot of times what we'll see, too, is these cows might lose some milk, like I said, it could be only as much as typically what I've seen is about 50% of the milk loss. But then what happens when the heat subsides, those cows come right back and almost right back to where they were before. Whereas the, the herd without um, any heat stress abatement uh, issues or anything doing anything to try to eliminate the heat stress, they might drop down. They'll only come partially back. So then every time the heat, a heat about a heat stress comes through, they just keep this tick down and tick down and tick down. And then reproduction will, um, like I said, can really go south in some of these herds um, with some of them losing, getting half the cows um, bred as what they normally get bred. So it's, it's a, can be a, it can be literally millions of dollars to the, the livestock industry. 
Yeah, yeah. So we're talking real money there when you talk about those kind of figures. And again, we want to thank Tim Thompson for giving us some insights to, again, help you prevent income loss and also tips for combating heat stress. And if I can just sum up a little bit uh, of what we've been talking about prior to my final question is, you know, when we're talking about the tips for combating heat stress, you know, we've been talking about air movement, we've been talking about water, uh, feeding at night, uh, TMR savers, and also ration changes all playing a role. Now I just like to go to the point of in closing as we look into the future in your opinion are there some future technologies that might come into play that a producer should pay some attention to that can even help us with this issue even more well i think you know with, with, with uh, some of the some of the companies that are coming out nowadays that are monitoring these cows they're monitoring everything and as we, you know, and I don't, I don't look for it very long. We're gonna be mon- they'll be monitoring uh, body temperature, uh, breast per minute, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll be able to really be able to get on top of this uh, of when these cows are starting to get heat stressed. And with automation comes, you know, as that happens, then the barn's gonna take over, and and wind speed will go up, fresh air coming in will go up. They'll they'll adjust those waters, you know how them cows are getting sprinkled on, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's just all going to become more automated. Right now, a lot of it does have to rely on on, um, on some, uh, you know, of the producers having to be involved in it. And sometimes it's, you know, some places are, are, are Johnny on the spot getting it done right away, and then other places it, it, it's not always at top of mind. So it gets uh, it can get left out. And so I think as automation kicks in, we'll see some of this stuff uh, more automated and I think it'll uh, have maybe a little better control over it. So we, so we don't uh, lose these cows uh, during these summer heat spells. And just talking from your own perspective. And again, we've been talking with Tim Thompson, senior dairy specialist for Provimi. When you're dealing with individual producers or putting out a presentation is something that you always kind of put heat stress top of mind to get across the point of just how valuable dealing and combating this is to the bottom line of any operation? Well, I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's some research out there with this heat stress thing. And then, you know, there's some of this uh, stuff they've talked about with even heat stress on dry cows and the, um, and this fetal programming. And, and they've shown some just unbelievable numbers that, you know, that happens to this fetus that's uh, being carried by this dry cow. And the mother goes through the heat stress, the effect on the embryo will affect her next lactation that doesn't her lactation, first lactation that doesn't occur for two years down the road. So things like that are just just can be if when you try to think about that, that's just mind boggling of of the losses that occur that if we don't pay attention to these things that we're missing out on. And I think that's something that more and more producers just need need to keep paying attention to as we as we find out this uh, what what is really happening to these animals. Yeah, no, that was an excellent point. I'm glad you cover that as part of our conversation that, you know, we're not talking just about the lactating dairy cow. We're talking about that dry cow as well and just how important dealing with heat stress is on every different stage of that dairy cow. And I think it's been a fun and informative conversation. I thank Tim Thompson, Senior Dairy Specialist for Provimi, for being our guest today. I also want to thank our producer slash editor, that is Joanna Guza, who always does an excellent job in putting together Dairy Stream. And once again, I invite you to join us in our next podcast as we continue to focus on ways to increase profitability and the sustainability of your dairy operation. I'm Mike Austin. This has been 
Dairy Stream. The Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative would like to thank you for listening to Dairy Stream. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please subscribe and rate Dairy Stream. We value your feedback. And if there's something you'd like to hear, just email us podcast at dairyforward.com.